are going to read the Word, and uh, we're going to hear the good things that it has to say to us. And it's going to be from Luke chapter 12, and it's a parable. And the great things about parables is we can hear a story and understand the logic of what's being communicated, but then we can bring it into our story and let it speak and work on us. So let us hear the parable, and then let us dive into it for what I have prepared, but I invite you to carry it out and let it continue to work in your life. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 through 21, it reads, Someone from the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus said to him, Man, who appointed me as judge or referee between you and your brother? And Jesus said to them, Watch out. Guard yourself against all kinds of greed. After all, one's life isn't determined by one's possessions, even when someone is very wealthy. Then he told them a parable. A certain rich man's land produced a bountiful crop. He said to himself, What will I do? I have no place to store my harvests. Then he thought, Here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. That's where I'll store all my grain and goods. I'll say to myself, You have stored up plenty of goods, enough for several years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, Fool, tonight you will die. Now who will get the things you have prepared for yourself? This is the way it will be for those who hoard things for themselves and aren't rich toward God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And let us say a prayer together. Lord, I thank you for your good word that enters into us when we let it, that speaks a better word when we allow it. And I thank you that you're always ready to lead us. Help us to let go of any resistance or things of hesitance or our fears and doubts. Help us to just, for a little bit, sit in your word and let it work. Lord, I ask that you speak through me in spite of me and that we hear you in spite of ourselves. Lord, may all that is said and heard and carried out, may it all be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. Lord, you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. We are in our last week of our series, God of Abundance. And uh, so next week will be our one service, the children's Sabbath. So at 10 a.m. is our one service next week. 10 a.m. Everybody say 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Okay. I want to tell you that because if you show up at 11, you're going to get some food, but you're going to miss worship service. Um, Week one of our series, we talked about, well, let me back up. Our series is taking these images of bread or grain and placing them alongside the idea of wisdom because that's, that's what the scripture does a lot. There's a double meaning in the Hebrew understanding that we kind of miss if we just read the surface of the text. So week one, we talked about Elijah and the widow and this little bit of flour and, and the need to trust God when it doesn't seem like we have enough. And when we trust God, we see miracles. Week two, we, we talked about manna from heaven and the Israelites, the Hebrew people, walking through the desert, trying to let go of Egypt and the excess and hoarding that took place there and to simply trust God to provide every day without holding excess and hoarding in the day, but trusting God will bring manna tomorrow, which means we got to let go of our habits and let go of our instincts sometimes 
to seek after the will of God's. We want to trust God and seek after God's will. And then last week, we went through the feeding of the 5,000 and talked about what it is to sit at the Lord's banquet table, to recline just as the 5,000 did, uh, and they received bread in abundance. They not only had enough for the day, they had 12 baskets left over. Everyone had what they needed, and the miracle that took place that went unnoticed by the people and the miracle that takes place every day for us and sometimes goes unnoticed. So we want to trust God, seek God's will, and then we want to be a part of the body of Christ that we may grow together because there there is so much that happens when we gather together. All right, so today we're going to talk about the rich fool. That sounds promising, doesn't it? The rich fool. Um, we We are people, if you're Christians, we are people that say, yes, we trust God, yes, we'll seek God's will, and yes, we will be a part of the church. That's what baptism is, is saying yes. Now, we must understand that we're going to get an abundance from God, but then what do we do with our abundance? And we find from the parable that we don't hoard it, build bigger barns to store it up and keep it all contained. That's actually the opposite of how things work with God. So trusting God means we trust God. Duh, right? We trust that God gives us and we give it away knowing that God will give again in an abundance and we give that away and the cycle goes, and before long, we start experiencing the actual kingdom of God in that cycle. We are to be channels of God's graces, not reservoirs, okay? We're to channels. God gives us things that we become a channel through which God can work. That's what God has commissioned us as the body to do. But if we just store it all up, we cease to be rich toward God, and we become rich fools in whatever sense of the word, not just with money, but with wisdom, with the things that really give us life. Now, I want to break down this parable a little bit. Eleven times in five sentences, the rich fool concentrates on himself. I'm going to read it again. He says, after the land produced a good harvest, he says, what will I do? I have no place to store my harvest. And then he thought, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. That's where I'll store my grain and goods. I'll say to myself, you've stored up plenty of goods, enough for several years, take it easy, eat and drink and be merry. There was no focus on God, even though who produced all the good harvest? God did. Now, he may have been a farmer. Well, if he's a rich person, he hired people to do it. They may have worked the ground, but you can't make the ground produce. We are given things in our lives, work, careers, we're given opportunities, and we can work at it, we can do the right thing, but really ultimately we can't control the outcome. Amen? And so when the good harvest comes, we don't want to be thinking about what we're going to do with all the hard work of the things that we earned, that we pulled ourselves up with our own bootstraps, so to speak, which is kind of the American slogan, right? It's what we tell people, but that's not the right thinking. It all comes from God. Everything. We've received abundance because God wants to work through us to bless others. That's the story of our faith from the beginning. We find that life comes when we cooperate with God. Have you ever tried to resist God? How'd that go for you? The author of John's Gospel calls Jesus the light of the world. Now, the idea of the light of the world is, if we imagine this room is pitch dark, right, and this is my life, the light 
turns the lights on and allows me to see what's going on, what's in my life, allows me to see the things that don't belong, allows me to see the things that do, allows me to see the things that I might trip on in the dark. Uh, the word for sin in Greek is literally stumbling block. The things that you trip on. Maybe you don't see them, but with Jesus you can because he's the light. Now we grow into that light. We become children of light, as Paul says, but the whole point is not for us to put it under a bushel and just be in the light all, all on ourselves. It's to shine our light for others to see, not beat them over the head with the light, not point our finger of judgment of light, but rather live as children of the light, working or being the one through whom God works, and then letting God work it out in their souls and in ours. Now, in Matthew 5, Jesus speaks on this. He says, let your light shine before people. So... They can see the good things that you do, but not praise you, but praise God. All this to say we receive an abundance from God. Whether we see it or not, we all receive an abundance. So we can trust in this. And then say, God, what do you will for this abundance you've given me? How can I grow deeper into you through living the life you asked me to live, through sharing this abundance? Now, Jesus gave everything he had. He emptied himself to the full, Paul says. He gave it all because he knew he has God. And God will raise him up and bring him into fullness of life. And that's our story. Not just life in the grave, but the graves of our lives here and now where sometimes we wonder, can I really give any more? Should I? God says, do you trust me to give you the life you need? Do you trust me to give you your daily bread? We pray that, don't we? Give us this day our daily bread. Now, if we say that, if we say give us today our daily bread, that means we can't be storing stuff on the side and hoarding it because we need to trust that God will give us today what we need and in that we know God will give us tomorrow what we need. You see how this resistance can take forms in many different ways. The things that we receive from God, are we using them for God's purposes all around us? I'm going to read uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. Um, it's something Paul writes, and I think it is so poignant. He says, Tell people who have abundance at this time not to become egotistical and not to place their hope on themselves. Instead, they need to hope in God who richly provides everything for our enjoyment. I'm going to read that again. They need to hope in God who richly provides everything for our enjoyment. I'm not done yet. He says, tell them to do good, to be rich in the good things they do, to be generous and to share with others. When they do these things, Paul says, they will, they will have a treasure for themselves that is a good foundation for the future. That way they can take hold of what truly is life. This means we have a lot to let go of and what our culture gives us. And we have a lot to pick up, which is why we're here. Amen? And I am so glad that you are here to help me too. The true treasure of God is not the abundance we receive. It's the abundance we in turn give. We are given the seeds of the kingdom, Jesus says, but not to hold on to them, to sow them and to let God produce Jesus Christ is the bread of life. 
and he has given us all we need. And the Holy Spirit empowers us in this wisdom of the God of abundance that we might trust and live into the abundant flow of God. So I invite you to let every thought you think, every thought you think, every prayer that you pray, every decision you make, every worry and fear you have, every moment you choose to invest, let it be rich toward God. Invest it in the work that God wants to achieve through you. And then enjoy the riches of enjoyment that come. Let us live in a way that not only we know is right, let us live it so loudly and so boldly that people around us are convinced we're either crazy or we're on to something. Amen? Let's say a prayer. Lord, I thank you for your abundance in all the ways that we take so much of it for granted and we don't even see it. And sometimes it takes us being shaken to our knees and broken down to the bare bones for us to realize all the truly good things. Help us to leave behind our Egypts. Help us to not lose faith when we see nothing but a little jar full of meal. Help us to claim our seat at your banquet table and then let us pour out all that you have given us upon others. And Lord, may we live into this eternal life of the heavenly kingdom here and now and forevermore in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.